Welcome back to another episode of My Neighbors Are Dead. I'm your host, Adam Peacock, and we're all familiar with the big names in horror. Freddie, Jason, Howard Payne. But who we're not familiar with are the ones just outside the tear. The ones who didn't get to tell their tales. I've said it plenty of times in the show before. I'm a big Detroit sports fan. I'm from Michigan, and I'm kind of a homer. I didn't think my love of those teams could be rivaled, but this week's guest proved me wrong when he showed me his love of everything Pittsburgh. Oh, and uh, uh, telephones, too. He talked to me a little bit about that. But before we get to that, Mark David Christensen swung by, and we got a chance to talk a little bit about everything. Enjoy the show. Talk about horror stuff here. Were you into that stuff as a kid? Or? <laughs> uh, horror? I was, okay. Horror is like a crazy... We, uh, Not being like scared. Yeah. Yes. No. Uh, scaredy cat from the from I didn't get over being scared until I was like 15 plus oh wow I was a kid that was so scared growing up that until I was like 14 I would at night I was so uncomfortable sleeping alone a lot mm-hmm. that once everybody fell asleep I would just go and wander and I'd go crawl into my parents room and we, well, of course you get to an age where you you can't sleep in the bed with them or at least no one's comfortable and they, or the, your parents just my parents were just like you got to stop doing this. Right. I would lay at the bottom of their bed. Oh wow. And I would just be comfortable. Okay. So I was very like a scared very scared person. Uh growing up roller coasters growing up I I had fear of them. I thought I was good on scary movies but I would panic every time. They give me nightmare a lot of nightmares. Yeah. I specifically remember watching remember that alien movie a fire in the sky. Yeah. So I remember somebody renting it in the family, my brother, Brian, probably, or my sister. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to watch it. And they're like, I don't think you should. Because <laughs> they knew what would happen. Right, right. And I remember, no, I'm like, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. Yeah. I watched the movie. And it's funny because during the movie, I don't remember ever being scared. It was always the aftermath. Mm-hmm. I remember watching that movie, but then waking up on the couch because I'd fall asleep on the couch a lot growing up and panicking so much of like, crying tears i just remember being very yeah. visceral and kicking my brother trying to get me to my bedroom and me like kicking the walls wow because i was just so freaked out yeah so that was like so because of that behavior growing up i would avoid horror movies and my family would just be like you can't watch them <laughs> so i didn't get into horror until i probably i would say when i got into cinema in college and started watching movies because i love movies mm-hmm so that's it. Do you remember, like, and if this is too much, I apologize. Oh, please What, don't. why so terrified as a kid? Like, what, was there something that uh, happened or what no. would you, no? I don't know if there's ever thing, anything that happened. I would say it's just, I would say with the, the culture I grew up in. Okay. Growing up a Mormon, you sort of are like told there's terrible things in the world. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. You divert from this path. The world out there is evil. Mm-hmm. And I think I just, whether I knew it or not, I probably bought into it too much. Does that make sense? Uh, and totally. And from yeah. my family, too. Because I remember when I started watching movies, and I remember my us growing up, my brothers told me that my mom refused to allow them to watch Rosemary's Baby. Because she <laughs> yeah. saw it and was terrified by it. The whole concept of the idea of the devil having relations with a woman and having a child yeah, and that whole thing, she, it was banned. It was like a movie. It was like, you cannot watch this. And I remember he was like, I was maybe like 16 
and he finally rented it and decided to watch it. And I was like at his house. I think I fell asleep because <laughs> I didn't watch that movie until much later. Right, right. I definitely fell asleep. Or he drugged me because that's what my brother would do. I'm not even <laughs> Your kidding. brother would drug you? Yeah. The, one, the first time they did it is because they rented Pulp Fiction. And, I, and my mom said, don't let him watch it. And so they put a fucking sli- half a sleeping pill in an Oreo and I ate it and then fell asleep. <laughs> the fucking assholes. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's happened <laughs> at least twice that I'm aware of. <laughs> Your brother's a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, and then I, I, I didn't like horror growing up. And then I eventually, when I started to like find avenues or mm-hmm. like pockets of it that I enjoyed, my brother, Tom, my oldest brother, one, I just mentioned that Rosemary's baby, he was super into horror all growing up. He loved the genre mm-hmm. and I would start to watch it with him. He was the only, I, that was like my, my reservation was I will see a horror movie with my older brother. Okay. And so that, when I started watching movies and going to the cinema and like, I remember seeing 28 Days, like that was like an, I would, it would be like an event. Like this movie looks good. I'm going to go also see it with my older brother. Yeah. And it's that genre. And I have a weird thing when I watch and he laughs at it every time. I have one good scare I get out of horror movies. Like I don't, I don't jump a lot in movies, but I'll have one big one that happens. Oh, one per movie? Yeah. yeah really? <laughs> it's a weird behavior. Well, I will genuinely, it, the movie will catch me off guard. Yeah. And I'll jump and then he'll laugh at me. Are you do you are you still practicing, Mormon? No, I'm no. not. I'm a f I, I like went through the whole thing and I'm not even technically a Mormon anymore. It's fun but. when you say that too, because you know, we talk a lot like people talk a lot about like the Catholic guilt. Yeah. And I that's what I grew up in and I have a lot of guilt, you know. And I'm not practicing at all anymore either. Yeah. I think it's residual left over from being told, you know, you're a bad person. <laughs> oh, that's all that they tell you. It's yeah. Like, you got to be bad or you got to keep on the thing. Uh, yeah. You're still bad. Uh, original sin, blah, blah, blah. But I think my, I was lucky that I never believed it. Okay. So, I, like, I met, I've met a lot of, like, other ex-Mormons who were, like, fully in it, went on Mormon missions, bought, you know what I mean? For whatever degree they bought into it. So then when they come out, it's a little harder for them and they have that, a lot of that residual yeah. where they have to like do a lot of research mm-hmm. and like find out, like sort of like go to the negative side of it yeah. and like be anti in order to get out. Yeah. I was lucky enough that like around 14, 15, I just had my own epiphany and whatever experience and was like, nah, I, don't, yeah. I think I actually just stepped back and was like, I don't think this is true. Yeah, yeah. I don't believe it's true. I think it's a lot of BS mm-hmm. and a lot of whatever. Now I can maybe articulate it better. Like it's a little manipulative, control tactics, yeah. whatever it is. And also not present at all, which is insane that like the teachings of what who they pull from, like Jesus Christ are so present. Right, right. They just are all about like afterlife, especially Mormonism is a, really a lot about like, oh, if you do these good things, you'll get rewarded later. Right. Which is... The Fucking, kingdom of heaven, baby. Oh, it's horrible, though. Yeah. It doesn't make this existence better. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it may, Somehow it makes it worse. Because you're, you're now you're in competition with each other right. versus, like, that whole, and I'm, I'm butchering this, but, like, I think in Hinduism or Buddhism, maybe, like, when you re- reach, uh, uh, not Aurora, um, Oh my gosh! In uh, Hindu, yeah, like I, I, whatever it is, like know. when you full enlightenment, okay. whatever. I I can't think of the term right now. I'm being very bad, but <laughs> <laughs> when you reach that, they say that you can't officially reach it until you turn around and help the others reach it with you. Oh, and I really? was like, yeah. When I I remember hearing that in college in a, like a uh, 
Because I liked, I think religion is very fascinating. Uh, yeah, as do I, yeah. And I took like a history of religion class. And when I got to that, I was like, oh, that makes <laughs> far more sense to me. <laughs> and how we help each right. other versus this yeah. sort of like, even in Mormonism, what was weird is, I I remember in 15 dawned on me. I was like, this structure is fucking weird. Because <laughs> yeah. like in the afterlife, there's like three levels. There's like the celestial, this is the highest, and then these terrestrial. I'm butchering these two, but there's like three levels. Mm-hmm. And to me, I was like, that's like a corporate like promotion system. It's Amway. Like, what yeah. are we talking about? Right. Like, gotta get closer to God. So you gotta like sell more fucking like gospel. It's like, <laughs> right. what? I remember, I've told it on here, but I was talking to my friend Holly and other people. I remember when I was a kid getting ready to, to be confirmed, communion, uh-huh. uh, and they were breaking it down, you know, like what is going to be happening and what it means for your for your spirituality and for your religious for your religion. And they were saying, like, if you've been good, you know, imagine this cracker, this is God, right? This is his body. He wants to be a part of you. He wants to be, you know, you guys will be one. He wants to be that with you. Right. And if you haven't been good, imagine God on that cracker curled up, not wanting to be inside of you. And I was, I don't know, what are you, 12 when that happens? And that was the first time it clicked. I was like, what could I have possibly done as a as a 12-year-old that would make God not want to be a part of me or not want to be in, in you know, league with me for lack of a better. I was like, this is, and that's the moment I thought like, I think this is bullshit. Yeah. Cause it is. It is. Cause, Cause it's people speaking for a thing that you have no communication for either. Right. That reminds me of something. And this isn't my personal experience. This is just the things I've heard. Cause in the Mormon religion, there's like two, the men are like sort of split into one thing, like classes. Mm-hmm. And then the women go with another. I can't remember the names of them. But they talk about like sex before marriage this way, like it's like gum. They tell women and it's like, you know, like gum will like just keep picking up things. Mm -hmm. And they say like that, they equate that to like, if you have sex. And it's just like, what fucking garbage you're eating into their brains. Fucking insane. Just telling women that like, if you are, if you do anything, it's, you're tainted. Yeah. And you're, you're becoming more and more worthless. Yeah. And I'm just like, nah. Not going to buy into that. That's fucking wild. That's wild. You ever get mad? You ever get mad about it? Because I do. I get mad at my kind of Catholic upbringing and like the church itself. I No. No. And I think only because like, not uh, to sound repetitive, because I was lucky enough to not buy into it. Yeah. So I don't have any, like I met even people that were like, I've just met a bunch of different, I just, comparison to other, like, people that have coming out, they get really angry. Yeah. Because they feel like they've lost time. Right. And I've just, lucky, I'm just lucky that I didn't buy fully into it and come at it at the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, why did I waste all my time with this? I was just like, nah. Because when I moved to LA, like, people told me, like, oh, is it a culture shock? And I was like, nah, I was ready. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, 10 years later, it will feel like it crushed me, but right. that's a whole different thing. Right, right, right. But like culture shock, I was like, I was in Utah, like going, I don't feel, I don't feel like at home here. Yeah. And it was because in Utah, it could be better now. I haven't spent as much time there now other than like vacations or Christmas. It felt like I was in the middle of like, you're with the church or you're against the church. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to be on either side. Right. Because they're too extreme. Right. For sure. (laughs) God, yes. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to waste time hating on this thing and I don't want to waste time believing in it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's wild. So why comedy? (laughs) (laughs) I wonder why. How'd you get to comedy? (laughs) I got to, how did I get to comedy? I got to comedy. I mean, I came out here to be an actor, Mm -hmm. which I still am pursuing. That's my passion in film and all of that 
and then now directing as well. But um, I got to comedy because I met, uh, uh, this is a shout out to a stand-up here named Barbara Gray, mm-hmm. who I met in college um, in a screenwriting class. We just happened to be in the same class. We found each other both entertaining and like our ideas. We got along really well. We dreamed of writing screenplays together. That has not happened. We've definitely pitched ideas back sure. and forth that we still like, I think. Um, but then she was like, we sort of made a plan of like, oh, I'm going to move out. You should move out too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, more on my heels, not really jumping at it. She came out. This is back in Utah? Y- yeah. Okay. And I was still more just mainly an actor. Yeah. The comedy I was exposed to at that point was either was a huge fan of it, but didn't ever never saw myself in it. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. like Mr. Show woke me up to sketch, like yeah. sketch that I truly loved. Not because I had SNL, but it didn't do the things that I think it did for other people. Mm-hmm. Besides Chris Farley, of course, was an influence. Yeah, but beyond Chris Farley, I wasn't like oh SNL. It was more I saw when I saw Mr. Show that sort of woke up that like oh comedy can be this. Yeah, and then. Still just wanted to be an actor. Then I followed her out. And when I first moved here, still bent on being an actor, which I I keep saying that like they're different. But she was like, I think you'd like UCB. I think you should try improv. Only improv I've ever experienced was like a short form contest that I was thrown to in high school and I hated it. Because it was like, it felt like the people getting laughs were just undercutting everybody. Right. And like, I was like, this doesn't seem supportive and acting seems supportive. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I don't know. And she's like, I just check it out. Try. I think I saw a Herald night blew my fucking mind. Was like, I think this is what I want to do. Took one class or signed up for the, my first class, the first class of like the eight week course. Yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I pursued it and I got, I met a lot of the goals in that world. You know what I mean? I don't do it as much anymore now just cause life takes your turn, Sure, but it's got me a lot. Yeah, it's got me like, oh, I understand like my own myself a little bit better. Mm-hmm. That part is like I'm more comfortable like in a scene if I'm prepared, say in an acting class or yeah. a scene. I have that like skill now to like fall back on. Not even fall back on, just use when it's, yeah, yeah. it's necessary. At the ready. So I love comedy still. I don't pursue it as hard as I, I as like other people that I think are fucking going to blow up any moment. You know yeah. what I mean? But I love it. That's that long way to there. No, man, it it <laughs> it's perfect. It because it it makes sense. Like I mean, I whatever success uh, I've ever known or could potentially know, like it all started. Like I remember, I'm sure you probably have the same thing too. Like the first time you get a laugh, I'm like Oof. fuck, I want more of that. Yeah, you know, I don't know what it is, but I want that. Yeah, and I think discovering <clears throat> comedy was an actual pursuit. Even though you had seen it in the world, like I, I look back and I'm like, how did I not jump on it earlier in Utah? Mm-hmm. Because it really was a thing that I loved. I just never saw myself in it. Yeah. Because I remember, like, I would watch. You just made me think of this. Of like, I remember buying stand-up com- comedy a lot. Yeah. Just like Lewis Black, and I can't. There's this woman that I can't remember her name of, and making my parents listen to it like while painting the house with them. Yeah. And then Patton Oswald definitely he's the person I, first person I ever blushed when I saw him in person. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because like I, I listened to his records and it was like a voice that felt very like I identified with as it like, oh I'm a nerd. I like these things, but now you're funny you're putting these twists that don't feel that far from like what me and my friends would do sitting around. Right. Uh, yes. 
And that's the thing is like, I didn't know what improv or like a bit was, mm-hmm. but like after I got that language taught to me, I was like, oh, I've been doing this all along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I look back and I'm like, oh, all my best friends, this is all we did all the time. Right. We just constantly made each other laugh, but it ne- we never saw it as like, then that can lead to a life or a career or as, as that being a skill versus just something you do with your friends. Totally. I mean, why would you? Like, you know <laughs> right? what I mean? Like, yes. why would you? I remember I used to, we used to sit my buddy Tim Brickey's basement and we would talk about, you know, movies and like potential sequels and just essentially <laughs> yeah. do what we're doing right now. Yeah. That's all these fucking podcasts are, just yeah. stuff we did when we were kids. Exactly. I you remember know? like we had MTV in my house and me and my friend Josh Clark, we'd watch MTV to hate on it. And now there's probably 10 fucking podcasts about just <laughs> right. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's history <laughs> science theater. Yeah. Was there a scene in Utah? Was there like a comedy or improv scene I, at all in Utah? Or? I think there was. There was like definitely it existed. And I thought it was just too corny. Yeah. Besides, and also you had the weird thing where, where a touring comedian had to like change their material slightly. Mm-hmm. This happens in a lot of their venues. I don't know how much it is still today, but growing up, I knew there were definitely comedians that had to like change their material if they played at certain venues. So if they had like dirty material, they'd have to change or drop a certain language. Yeah, to the point where I saw the producers on Broadway, and he says "fuck" in the in the being like, "Who do you have to fuck to get like a job right. around this town?" They changed it to "stoop" when I saw the touring company in Utah, and I was like, "It's not as funny." Right. Um. Um, and then they had like a little like off off like off Broadway theater downtown that did definitely did improv a little more short term. They have like not they had their version of comedy sports definitely there mm-hmm. if it wasn't just like a faction of comedy sports. But that was more like down in what Provo, Utah, which is sort of like very Mormon centric, mm-hmm. a place that I felt very not part. Like when I went <laughs> there, I was removed. like, I don't fit in here at yeah. all. Um, the people are nice and they're very kind and friendly, but I just don't fit in. Like mm-hmm. my, my sensibilities are never going to be welcome. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, so there, there, I guess there was more people. I mean, there's definitely people trying to do stand up. My friend, Barbara Gray, who I mentioned, she was doing it mm-hmm. when I lived there and people are trying to pursue it. I just never was in it and involved in it. Directly. It yeah. was mainly me doing plays and definitely doing comedy plays. I did a, like, like, that was like one of the things that was euphoric, finding out what improv was and do, and realizing I had done it without realizing it. Because in one of the last play I did in Utah, my director would fuck with me. He's now out here a very successful actor, which is funny. He's got out and he blew up faster than me. Bastard. He's a good guy. <laughs> uh, but he like, there was like a part in the play where he had to come out and you'd see the killer. And my character <clears throat> would have to like in a quick way that like, like a lot of it, alliteration, like just explain what he looks like. Yeah. And a couple of nights he would always throw a different mask on the guy without telling me. Yeah. And I would never, I would always, I would never let it like throw me. I would just say exactly what I saw. Yeah. And I remember going back, like that's fucking improv. Right. Without me like putting a label on it. But I was like, it's funny. You just need sometimes label like game. I'm like, yeah, game's just a fucking name for something that like, People have been doing for years. Yeah. We just find different ways to help us communicate it. I right. Guess. Yeah. It's, I, I got, I love talking about it. You can tell. No, me. man. I love, I, I don't, we don't do it really enough on here. So I don't really, you know, I think I'm at a point now, like, and again, I'm fucking nobody. I am, I am nothing, but stop calling I, yourself. <laughs> like, I like talking about it now because I feel like now it's okay to talk about it. 
like for me personally, like yes. I feel like, oh, okay, I've, I've been around it enough to where like, oh, I might have an opinion on it and who cares what it is, but you know, it's, I like talking about it too. That's a good place to be. Yeah. Cause like when I, uh, to add to that, it's always a good place to be in the place where that, where you don't have so much a horse in the race, I guess with it. Yeah, totally. Cause you can own your opinion, but not be like, I'm right. Right. Cause when I was on at UCB, I was like on their main stage Herald team for like three years. Then I got cut and it really shook me, you know, cause mm-hmm. you think you're going to go on forever. Yeah. Everything ends eventually, whether you get cut or you get retired or whatever. But I remember like then getting handed a year or so later a, a mess hall team one of the, like as a coach and I was like I probably shouldn't have said I probably should have said no because I was still processing my shit yeah and I probably without as much as I tried to hide it totally was putting it on them so I had expectations that were more for me putting it on them mm-hmm. and now when I start coaching I don't coach as much but like I'll find myself in a situation where I do and I'm like oh, I don't have any I don't have like the pursuit of getting back on yeah. Or any of that, so it feels like I can just give like, and I no, there's no garbage. It's just let me help you. Let do, me help you do yes. be funnier. Not yeah. but what I want from you. You don't need to do what I do. Right. I just want to see what you're doing, and here's how I think we can maybe exploit what you do great better. That's really funny. I think you know being out here, there's no second. Like I'm a second city guy, so there's no main stage, and there's mm-hmm. no touring company, and there's no like. It, there's really nothing so when i when i teach there i'm learning now too kind of like what you just said like i whatever i can do to help i want to do that and i'm learning i guess stuff about myself too like how i (laughs) why i improvise the way i do or why i try to create the things i do and why i do them that way you know yeah it's kind of cool it is cool because i think that's like i think the trap is with comedy with acting and i'm i'm still working on this to shed this a lot is finding out like how much and it's so it's such an obvious thing when you look at who's successful it's like they really the people that are successful are just bringing themselves to the table yeah in such a way they're like oh let me try this oh yeah. okay that wasn't right let me try it again but it's still gonna be me <laughs> like yeah, yeah and like i think i've been that stuck at that place of like especially being cut and letting it sink too much more than it should trying to be something that other people want right versus like what the fuck am i yeah let me just be what i bring to the table if you don't want it bye-bye <laughs> i think that's what i like so much about uh bands who kind of drastically change their sound for a record <laughs> yeah you know and that that reasoning i'm like well we just wanted to try something else like now that i'm older and not such a shit well, i mean i'm still a shithead <laughs> but you know like like oh cool i can appreciate why you did that you what know? was a band that you like specifically are thinking of that changed their sound that you were first like, ugh. God. Um, no, I'm, I'm a Mark Metallica. Oh, yeah. That makes one. That makes one sense. Yeah. They definitely changed their sound. Like when the Load record came out, you know, yeah. everybody lost their minds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Myself and Because it went to fucking metal to like sort of produce metal, right? It produced, but it's also like there's a couple songs on that record with a little bit of country twang on there a little bit. I'm like, what are you doing? Where is Whiplash? Yeah. You know, but now they that can... I'm older, it's like, great. I sure really admire do you doing that. Yeah, I would, I'm with you on that. And people change. Yeah. I mean, maybe you don't want, and then the, with the Metallica thing, maybe the fans don't want them to say they're Metallica and do a side project, but that's their say, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> It's their thing. They can do whatever they want with it. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. like, just, that's like, it's a good thing that didn't happen now. 
Because right. if that happened fucking now, they would be bombarded so hard they would change. Or they would have to like negate the album and like rename it. They'd re-release it as a different name right, because right, the right. fans can't handle that it's a Metallica album. Uh, I would love to keep talking about this, I but I got we got to go. There's a uh, Arthur Cords here. He's going to come out and talk oh, to us. Boy. So have fun with him. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Be right back. <laughs> hey, neighbors! Adam and Nate here to talk to you about Patreon. Now, this podcast is possible due to our Patreon patrons, and you can become one by going to patreon.com slash myneighborsaredead. Supporting the show on Patreon's easy. You pay what you can, and in return, you get My Neighbors Are Dead merch, behind-the-scenes info on how we make the show, a shout-out on future episodes, and more. You may be wondering what we use this money for. Well, we use it for things like production costs, website hosting, traveling for the show, and our monthly meds. We are both severely medicated. Sad but true. Now, podcasting isn't cheap, and we appreciate any help you can give. If you'd like to see how you can help out the show, go to patreon.com slash myneighborsaredead. Thanks for listening, and now back to the show. Thank you for doing this. Of course. Uh, I hope you, every, you got everything you need. You good over there? Yeah. Great. Uh, and did you find the place okay? I know I ask everybody that, but yeah, it was it was all right. Okay. Uh, well, I'm I'm talking to Arthur Cord. Uh, thank you for joining us. You're welcome, Adam. Thanks for having me. Uh, I got to tell you, I love Pittsburgh. It's a good town, right? I got to spend a little bit of time there. It's a great place. What'd you like the most? We were there in the around the winter time, so that where we were staying, they had like a little Christmas village set up. Oh, I love the holidays that was fun. In Pittsburgh. Yeah, not too oh, far from the Warhol so Museum. Nice. Oh, that's yeah. a good museum too. Yeah, walked you know over the bridge, so you saw the Heinz Stadium and all that. It was really nice. Oh God! Yeah, it's a beautiful city. I uh, had my first kiss over that view. You know, is that right? Uh huh. Looked at the Heinz and then smooched. That's well, okay. So I mean, what do you want to talk about it? Was it a date? Was it a what was this? I want to call it a date. We just you know things happen. You meet somebody, you like each other. You have a couple of drinks, you go on a walk, and next thing you know, you're smooching on the bridge. I've not looking at the Heinz. You know. <laughs> Were you kissing and kind of like looking at the same time? Is that I had my eyes fully open looking at the stadium. <laughs> That's how I, I did it. I, <laughs> like you don't, you want to be present for a moment like that. You, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You don't want to miss that. You can't. You got to like, and I don't, and I'm not saying one eye. I'm saying both eyes open. <laughs> so I was enjoying the kiss and the view at the same time. Wonderful. I don't think I. You know, now that you say that, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna kiss my girlfriend with my eyes just wide open, the whites of my eyes. But you gotta be looking at something. Else. Don't look at them. I'm just gonna give you a little advice. Don't look at them. Uh huh. You're not gonna like what you see. Two people. Even the way we kiss. Oh, yeah. It's, we're it's, ugly. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Yeah. As a as a species, we're not all that attractive. The movies. The movies lie. People do not kiss as pretty as they do in movies. How did that? Uh, how did that night end up? Did you end up dating this person? Oh, or? I'm married to him. Oh, you married? Oh, okay. I'm married. Oh, nice. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. That's that. I mean, how many great stories end up like that? That's so nice. Not many. I'll tell you that. Not many. Uh, I'm blessed. I am blessed. I think it's so nice to. I mean, you know, being appreciative of those things is. It's great. It's uh-huh. really nice. She's a wonderful woman, Charlotte. Yeah. Call that. Oh, love, love that name, Charlotte. Charlotte Cord. She took my name. <laughs> she did? She did. What a woman. She couldn't she couldn't get out of a name faster. I'll tell you that. 
She <laughs> hates her family. Is that right? Oh, uh, she hates them. Well, that's got to make it easier on, you know. Oh, yeah. Never have to. I mean, we don't always spend all the time with me. You know what I mean? My family. Yeah. You know, I don't have to deal with in-laws because she hates them. I don't even. And here's the thing. Can I be honest? Yeah, please. I love her family. You do? I love them. They're funny <laughs> as hell. They're so funny. Is that tough, though? Because if she hates them, I mean, you're not. Yeah, you're, I have to hide those laughs. I can't laugh around. Yeah. You got to keep it in. Yeah. I got to save those, you know. And have you had to have, when you're laughing and you hold it in, it hurts the gut. It does. Yeah. And like in my upper chest, too, it really hurts. I went and saw a doctor. You did? He went and he told me, you got to start laughing. And I'm like, why? He's like, you're getting an ulcer. Oh, my God, really? He called it a chuckle ulcer. A chuckle ulcer. That's really intense. So her family, you must, I mean, they must be just hilarious if you're keeping that kind of laughing. Yeah. They're, they're super funny. Sorry, I didn't mean to keep kicking a dead horse. No, I was fine. I mean, I, they're just super funny. I just don't want to try any of their material. You know what I mean? I can't, if I try to repeat something, I'm like, that's not funny. You got to be there. I imagine if it's in law, someone's probably racist too, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's racist. It's so racist. Oh, my God. I mean, that's half the reason my wife hates it. It's because they're so racist. <laughs> yeah. She tries to help the community, and they tear it down, but very in a very funny way. That's the that, isn't that a kick in the pants? It really is. God. I tell you, ah, oh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff I'd love to laugh at, but I got you got to. My wife has taught me you got to keep yourself in check. Yeah, it's hard. You know, you it's really hard to 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 justify laughing at a good racist joke. It really is. <laughs> God damn it, really. Is. Uh, so. I'm very curious about what it means to be a freelance phone installer. Oh, uh, well, I will install your phones. I will install any phone, uh-huh. any sort of uh, system. It's just, it's something I do. I, I am freelance because I will not work for a corporation. I will not work for AT&T. I will not work for Verizon. Uh-huh. I will not work for Sprint. Whatever it is, I will not work for Cricket. I will not work for any of that. What's T-Mobile? the reason behind that? Because... They're evil. They want to control. They want to listen to your calls. Yeah. I will not have any of that. I am freelance. I, I can set you up with a phone line that will go to anybody without any strings attached. That's pretty great. It's wonderful. I imagine you gotta be you gotta be rolling in it, huh? Not at all. <laughs> it's a failed business. It was big in the back of the day. Currently, no customers. Wait a minute. So it's failed, and you and you. And you're Everybody still- wants to work with those big corporations. That it is true. They are they're weeding out the little man, little guy. Yeah, they hate it. You know, the small companies can't get it get a fair shake anymore. So yeah. what do you do now? I mean, you're 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 a part of a failed business. Have you thought about maybe you know progressing into something else? I, I dabble in other places. You know what I mean. You try to like get some money. Uh, Charlotte takes. I'll be honest. Charlotte brings home the bacon. Okay, so is Charlotte, and you know she is. She works for a nonprofit. Nice. And so she's you know she helps the community and she makes and she makes dough doing it. She says, you know what? Until you find a passion, you can relax. So I relax. That's pretty great. Yeah, she I, sounds I, like a great woman. <laughs> she's like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's the best. Charlotte is the best. And you, how long have you been together? Because the flame still seems to be alive oh, and well. 30 years. That's great. 30 years, and we're passion- was as passionate as we were that first time on the bridge. That's so great. Mm-hmm. That's really great. That's something to aspire to. It really is. And it's hard work. Oh, I bet. It is hard work. you got to show up every day and say, I'm going to love you regardless. 
That's what you got to do. So I would be remiss if I didn't ask uh, Martin. Can you fill me in on this? Because I don't really know much about Nosferatu's or Dracula's or anything like that. So was this a client? Is this? I mean, talk me through this because I don't. Well, Martin was not a client of mine. Okay, his cousin Huda Mm -hmm. was a client, a a great guy in the neighborhood. Okay, great guy owned a little shop. All of our wives, all of our wives would go there. They love it. They love everything he can give them. Meats, products, everything. Sure. I mean, our Sunday dinners were from his shop. But his, his little, and he has his niece living with him, and she's very nice. But Martin, whoa, that family believes in magic, yeah. vampires. Give me a fucking break. So you're not, you don't subscribe to the magic of the vampires? Are you kidding me? No. no. Do you believe it? Are you talking, are you saying there's vampires in the world? There's somebody out to suck my blood? How does it even work? What are those teeth, how do those teeth help? Huh? Yeah, that's a great question. I have no idea. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Your daddy, <laughs> your daddy was a pervert, your, or your friend was a pervert, or whoever was a disgusting person. You couldn't deal with it, so you know what you did? He's a vampire. Yeah. I'll call him a vampire, or he's, ooh, the moon changes him. Your, 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 your family's just fucked. All I'm right? Mean, you deal pissed. with it. That's why all those old novels were written, right? Because, oh, what? We have in our society some shit that we can't handle because some of us were monsters. Yeah, I mean, it does kind of on paper look like he's just attacking women with a syringe. Oh, yeah. That's what I... I mean, I've only read some of the details. It sounds really fucked up. Yeah. It sounds gross. It's disgusting. This boy is disgusting. Yeah. And I know. thank God he's now buried in fucking kudos... Kuda, I fuck. Kuda's garden, you know what I mean? For a hot second, I thought you were saying my dad was a pervert. Hey, is he? <laughs> is your dad a pervert? No, my dad's not. Don't a... tell me. Don't. If your dad's a pervert, own it. My dad's a sicko. Is this your dad? No, I'm not talking about my my, oh, okay. fam- my family's great. Yeah. Charlotte's, she probably has a couple of sickos, and she'll admit it. Racist perverts, maybe? Well, big time racist perverts. <laughs> you know? <laughs> they'll, they'll 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 say some comments you shouldn't repeat ever, but then yeah. they'll go, you know, they'll, 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 they'll play around. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to repeat anything they say. No, I, I wouldn't ever ask you to. I think it's just it's it's enough to just enjoy in the little racist perverted jokes. You know, they're great. Uh, so I think you're right. I think you know it's it's easy to to say, oh, he's a vampire, right? As opposed to, hey, he's got some problems. He's attacking women. He's attacking women. You do not attack women. You do not attack men. You ask for consent. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. And this kid had it in his ideas that he was something special, that they wanted it. I'm sorry, they didn't yeah. move along. I can tell you right now, if Charlotte said, I don't want a kiss on this bridge right now, I would have moved along. I would have said, understandable, I'll watch the Heinz alone. Because you're a gentleman. I'm not just a gentleman. I'm a human being. We are human beings. We need to coexist with each other. How, uh, so his cousin was a client of yours. What uh, What was your business relationship like with that? I installed his phone. His niece wanted a phone. Is this a one-time thing? You only do it once and once, you're done? Yeah. What, yeah. Well, unless you need a new phone. 
Yeah, what's it going? And if you're getting a new phone, I'm gonna I'm gonna have some questions. What, who's banging the phone? Who's who's being that hard on a phone? Is that what you find mostly? Is that the phone is physically damaged from people going? Yeah, in there people throwing phones around. People don't respect the phone. Yeah, they just see it as an object. What's your favorite type of phone? My favorite type of phone? Yeah. Do you have like you know? Ooh, ooh I love, I love a phone with multiple lines. Oh yeah. I love. Uh, if I'm being honest, I love a phone that has a fax machine attached to it. Oh, those are great. I love sending a fax. Yeah. You're in the middle of a call, and then you send a fax, and a person gets a fax, but it's like an inside joke on part of the conversation you're having. That is one of the funniest things. Charlotte's family does that to me all the time. I have to hide the faxes. Yeah. Yeah, I have a collection in a, in a, in a package under our bed that she thinks she thinks it's like old keepsakes. Uh-huh. It's all faxes from her family. Really? And if that shit got out, people would think I am a Trump supporter. <laughs> Which I am not. <laughs> well, we got to make sure those things do not get out. That no. would be terrible. <laughs> I don't want any of that out. Um, you know, I remember the first time I made a three-way call on my phone, and that was exciting. You know, those two lines, you get two conversations going at once are great. Yeah. <laughs> it's really fun. It's a good time. Uh, I love call waiting. Oh, it's the best. Waiting. When I came in, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Where do you fall on caller ID? It's so helpful. Yeah. Prank calls? <laughs> I'll call you right ass right back. Back in the day, I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. And you know, those jerky boys made that shit popular. And so as soon as the jerky boys came out, all the kids were calling around. I feel like they did more harm than they did good. If, yes, it did. I feel like that really created a lot of problems for people. And, and when you start pranking businesses, like funeral houses, yeah. come on. I'm, well, I mean, uh, you know, let's let's be a little fair here, though. When you were a kid, did you ever make any prank phone calls? Because I did. You did? I did. I wanted so badly to take off my headphones and walk out on you right now. Because I made a prank phone yeah. call? Yeah, it's disrespecting. <laughs> that is disrespectful to the thing that has brought us closer together. I'm very The sorry. phone was invented to bring us closer together, and you're using it in such a frivolous way. I never, I'll tell you right now, I have never... <laughs> made a phone call that was a prank it is always a practical reason to call i i mean i really i must admit i admire your your conviction to the thing that you've dedicated your life to yes it's a wonderful thing and now that you're talking about it and now that we're talking about it i feel you know i do feel kind of bad because we did we convinced an older woman that we were sears and that she ordered a bunch of stuff and that you know she wasn't going to get it and she took it pretty hard. She was pretty upset. Say that again. We- <laughs> Charlotte was texting me. Oh, was she? <laughs> Beautiful woman. We. Well, uh, she's the only person I allow to text me, by the way. That's it? No. Everybody else I block. You're not getting through. You're... <laughs> I like it. Your 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 phone uh, your phone at a kid is it's on point. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I was just saying that we uh, you know we we convinced an older woman that we were Sears and that she bought a bunch of stuff and that she wasn't going to get it, but we were still charging her for it. That is horrible. Her heart could have burst. I, no. Can you believe the stress that that would have caused that poor lady? The fact that she thinks that she purchased a bunch of things which she didn't. <laughs> Oh my God! No, it's I know. I feel now as an adult with some distance and time and perspective. What if I called you up and said, "Hey, hi, this is the police. Your dad's a pervert, and we have him down at the fucking station." What? How would that make you feel? Is that funny to you? That's not funny because that happens all the time these days. There's tons of perverts that get caught. 
I'm just saying. It's a serious matter. We shouldn't joke about those things. I'm curious. Do you think... And don't use the device yeah. that could be helpful. This is more of an opinion question mm-hmm. and unrelated to anything. But, I mean, do you think there are more... Is just as many perverts today as there were back in the 50s? Oh, or do, no. Do you think there are more perverts no, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? We started talking about it. Yeah. And so people were like, oh, I'm a pervert. Oh, you think people are just doing it because they heard it on a radio oh, yeah, show? Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they recognize it. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm a pervert. That guy's a pervert. Yeah. He's open about his perversion. I'll be open about my perversion. You seem very, like, you're very astute at navigating these waters of, you know, racist perverts and just perverts in general and uh-huh. prank phone calls. I really, I admire your constitution. Uh, yeah. I, I, you got to live, you got to live true. It's yeah. called integrity. Uh, you, you said that you were, you were happy that Martin was dead. Yeah. Is there anybody else that, you know, you're happy that they're dead? That I'm happy they're dead? Yeah. Nah. My brother. (laughs) Wow. Really? Your brother? Yeah. He was, he was, he was so hard on himself. Oh, so you, you, you're (laughs) He was just so hard on himself. You're happy he's dead is more of it. Like he's a, he's at peace. Yeah. He's in a better place. Yeah. He's in a better place. Do you mind if I ask how he died? How did he die? Yeah. <laughs> Skydiving. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's such a bummer. It's, yeah. Whoa. So preventable. Mm-hmm. So preventable. Yeah, yeah. He was good at it, too. Yeah. He was a pro, and then one day, parachute uh, didn't come out. Is, uh, so what? what's the neighborhood been like now since Martin is dead? I mean, do you guys, like, is there a recovery we going on with everybody? block or? parties ever since. I'm telling you, we were having block parties. Then Martin moved in. Shit started hitting the fan. People up in the like the hills, they were getting there was people getting attacked and home invasions. Things just got shit. We all yeah. put our daughters away, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Me and Charlotte never had kids, but that's just you know. I'm just speaking for the neighborhood. Uh-huh. We put our they, they put the kids away. We're like, wait, nobody can go out. Martin's here. He thinks he's a vampire. Yeah. Oh no. He says that their family has a curse. Keep them away. Uh-huh. So we we canceled all the block parties for this summer. That's tough. Cause and, that's fun. Oh, Blood Parties are the best. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We get the band to come out. One time we had the penguins come. <laughs> you, I mean, I've found this out about you. You're a big time Pittsburgh Penguins fan. Love the Penguins. Yeah. Couldn't name a single player, but goddamn, I love them. I don't care about the players. I don't care who you are. You're all nameless. You're all just faces. You're all on the team. Just play well and I love you. I mean, I, you know, it, I, I, as a sports fan, I get it. I totally get it. You know, come on. I mean, None of you are Wayne Gretzky. Moving along, I still love you. That's true. And Wayne Gretzky's a hard, that's a that's a tough bar to, to, exactly. to aspire to, you know? Exactly. I mean, he was the best. How, how often do you and Charlotte get to a lot of Pittsburgh Penguins games? Oh, we never miss a game. <laughs> never? Never miss a game. That's fun. Never, never, never. That's a lot of games at home, too. Oh, so many games. Yeah, so yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, you got to get out there. You got to watch them on the ice. You know what I mean? We sit right behind the, the penalty box. <laughs> That's where we sit. That's fun. Those are great seats. Oh, hell yeah. Great seats. I have a friend who has tickets that are like six rows back by the penalty box, but that seems like it would be... That's. I want to see them steam. When they get thrown in there, I love watching them fucking just fester over like, oh, what are they going to do? You know, are they going to cool down? Are they going to hotter? What's going to happen when you're in the penalty box? Because uh, we all been in the penalty box. You know what I mean? I mean, you life is a giant penalty box. Oh, yeah. yeah you speaking my language. Especially for racist perverts. Hey. You're right. What uh, what's the status of the business right now? I know you said it's a failed business, but are you? I wouldn't call to... it failed. It doesn't exist anymore. Okay, so nobody it... wants to find who uh, they all uh, m- m- mobile. Yeah, We've I... done mobile. Who's do you need? 
Do you need it? Tell ask me. Last time you bought a, your 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 smartphone, did you need it to be installed? No, they did it right there. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't know how to do it. This phone I have right now, I'm yeah. using that I'm texting Charlotte with. Mm-hmm. It is cracked really bad. Oh, yeah. I don't want to get pay the money to get the bed. I don't like trust those like insurances. It's just a scam. Oh, big know. companies, you know, they they're out to get you. You know it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's the only phone. I don't know how they install this. Look, I can't even get my phone, my screen to unlock. I'm having a hard time. Steve, tell me it's the same password. I keep putting in my birthday. And for those of you listening, he, uh, Arthur, you've been trying to do it since the minute we started the show. Yeah, I'm good. Damn. Yeah. And, and, and I, I think, really need to tell Charlotte something. If you if you do it too many times, it locks you out of it permanently. Just so you know, I don't oh, want you to. Is I don't that true? You, it is true. I don't want you to get locked out of your oh phone. Oh my god! Why would you want to be locked? Why would they let that be a function? I, well, I, I think, would never install that on a phone, on a rotary phone. Yeah. Oh, I dialed it a couple of times. Now the fucking rotor doesn't work. I, right. Come on. Well, oh, I think turn. it's like a safety thing. Like if somebody gets a hold of your phone and they're trying to break in, you know, they can. This is the world we live in. I know it's crazy. Perverts. 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 Racist perverts. Um, some would say Martin's the worst of them all. Yes, he is. Um. Well, if people are out there listening, and there's got to be somebody who needs a phone installed, I, I would imagine that that's the so. case. Where can people get a hold of you to to uh, you know procure your services? Uh, my number is <laughs> four eight nine uh-huh. three seven mm-hmm. three seven one. Excuse me, three seven one four eight nine three seven one five five. Five, seven. I'm going to write that down and I'm going to tell it to people that call Please. to do the episode. That's, that's how you reach me. Uh, um, don't, do not call after 8 p.m. That's strictly Charlotte yeah. and your time. Yeah, it's our time. It's my time. Do not. And if it's a Penguins Day, so if you're going to call me, check the schedule. Because if it's a day that the Penguins are playing, I'm not answering my phone. I love your conviction of that team. Hey. I man, love it. I love them too. Uh, Arthur, I, I, I wish I was more like you. I wish I had that, that drive and that just, just that passion, you know, for the love of your life, for your job. You refuse to get a new one. Yeah. You refuse to do anything else. I think it's, I mean, I do do, (laughs) I do a little bit of, uh, uh, birthday parties. I do some of the, um, the, uh, animal balloons. Oh, okay. So a a birthday clown? Is that fair to say? No. Okay. I am not a goddamn clown. I will not put on big shoes. I will not put on a red nose. I will not face paint. Uh I show up as me, Arthur. Yeah. And I do balloon animals. Okay? And I am not a clown. I am not there to be laughed at. I am there to give you the gift of an animal that's made by air and plastic. Well, Arthur, I think if anybody's looking for balloon animals and or to get your phone installed, this is your guy. Hey, give me a call. You have my number, right? I do. You're going to put that? I, I believe, yeah, I believe right. I remember, but I, I'm going to double check before. And remind them. Yeah. Do not call after eight. And if it's a Penguins game, don't bother at all. <laughs> exactly. Arthur Cord, I appreciate you coming by and talking to us a little bit. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thanks for flying me in. You're very welcome. <laughs> Thanks for listening to My Neighbors Are Dead. I'm your host, Adam Peacock. The show was produced by myself and Nate Dufort with editing done by Nate Dufort. Original music was composed by Jesse Case with additional music by Dane Halverson. Our artwork was done by Mark Nishan. Arthur Cord was played by Mark David Christensen. You can catch Mark as the host of the Aw Crap Hellboy podcast. You can download it wherever you download your podcasts. 
If you'd like to support My Neighbors Are Dead while getting unique swag and a look behind the scenes of how we make the show, go to patreon.com slash dead. No amount is too small and every bit helps. If you have yet to rate and review the show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please take a second to do so now. It helps us grow and it helps new neighbors find the show. And you can find us on Facebook and at Instagram at My Neighbors Are Dead and on Twitter at My Dead Neighbors. Stop by, give us a follow, and share your favorite episodes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer... Riley Bray. We make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right. Every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. Like the time when we talked to Craig Ferguson about the Loch Ness Monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic. Or the time I asked Pitch Perfect's Anna Camp her opinion on cattle mutilations. Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldthwait, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with grills for hands, or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, happens all the time, then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot Bigfoot Collectors Club, you're You're here to to believe believe us. Wait, is that how it goes? Campfire.